When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clubs, clubs, clubs. The Different Knock, an Arsenal podcast. Sign this new contract here at Arsenal, but what made you so sure that this was the best place and this was the right decision for you? It's Arsenal, you know. Come on, it's Arsenal. Welcome back to Get Your Money Out, Buddy, an Arsenal podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. George V is not here. He is saving children's lives, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on your perspective. Yeah, depending um, on if you're the child. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's been called in for the clinic but speaking of not showing up what the fuck happened Uh, I mean I think this game was case in point of why a lot of people aren't football managers um, because I think it so clearly showed that when you fuck with the structure in such a major way by putting somebody like Thomas Partey right back and trying to have him do similar jobs to what he does when he's in the do you know what I mean? And I mean, he had a bit of a brain dead performance as it is. And we all know my opinions on on Thomas Partey and, and the fact that he's gone missing for the third season in a row. Um, but I think it, it's clear to see that when you when you fuck with a structure, especially one that that's worked so well in such a massive way, it just leaves you not knowing which way's up. And um, I think there's a lot of emotional and mental fatigue in that squad right now. Um and I, I called him it on Twitter. I don't know if I've deleted the tweet. I was really pissed off at the time, but I don't think they've bottled the title. Uh, but I think they've bottled the last few weeks of the season. There's been a big amount of like they've, and, and I mean that in the sense that like they've lost their they've lost their nerve. I think because this is a team that were knocking it about for fun against much much bigger, better teams than this, and we looked. And we have looked uncomfortable, unconfident and scared that things are going to go wrong again and again and again. Um, And I think we've lost our nerve a bit, which is uh, probably natural for such a young team, but unacceptable for me. Um, I'm really struggling with kind of the mental gymnastics of trying to find a way to spin it into a positive or to make it acceptable or whatever. But it just, yeah, it's it's a really damaging end to the season for me. Mm. Indeed. Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you uh, have taken some time out after that destructive uh, <laughs> piece of, uh, piece of uh, what would you call it, performance art that we did appear to do on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. It wasn't Arsenal. It wasn't us. Um, yeah, mate, I, I, I think returning to... Yeah, I, I think I think talking about like whether we bottled it or something. I think hot. bottle is the wrong word. I think bot- like bottle is, it's 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 uh, it's a word used by football fans in a way that like it doesn't even they, they they don't even know what they mean when they say it. They don't even understand what they're trying to say. And so to kind of explain it, I try and put other words to it. Like I think we've capitulated quite a lot come the end of this season. We've capitulated in that we've given away big leads. We've We've collapsed in in certain moments. Not and it all of this is surrounded by big amounts of context. You take out one of the linchpins of our spine, and unfortunately, one that we cannot replace to any sort of adequate level. You take out Gabriel Jesus. Eddie Nketiah is an okay 
replacement who will allow us to function in certain things, taking out Saliba and not adding in something that allows us to function in at least a slightly similar way is what's, what's landed us in this mess. But I, uh, I, I think bottle is, is just a word bandied about by football Twitter and, and lacks all of the, the context and the, and the actual key things as to why, because at the end of the day, like everything is linked to something else. And, and whilst I think that, you know, it was in our hands, we got an injury and then we've fallen apart. Uh, it's, it's games like this that made me really struggle to defend that moniker and to kind of bat. I've been able to bat away the idea that we've bottled it for weeks, but then I watch this performance and I watch a team who is, who has lost their nerve. They've lost their bottle uh, and it's, they're not playing the way that they were. Yeah. I, th- I think I'd agree with the idea that we've bottled because it's like, well, what does that actually mean? It really means mentally you've, you've gone, you've lost it. And yeah. I don't know what Saturday afternoon's performance was, if not a mental Yeah. Um, and Brighton as well. Issue. Brighton as well. Brighton comes from the fact that they scored the first goal and mentally, instead of clicking into a gear of, of okay, the title's still on the line, let's fight through it. We saw a drop in application because the mentality went, because they thought the title's gone. That's the moment. And heads dropped the running was nowhere near acceptable and we got ran off the park and we got played off the park in the second half of that game. Uh, and I think it's, it's a similar story here. Their goal comes out of nothing, but it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's so difficult to analyze this because I'm looking at this and I'm going, there's no point analyzing it. Cause that's not how we play football. We didn't play football in well, any way kind of congenial to how I'm used to seeing us be. We were limpid at points. Yeah, I I, I just think limpid. What the fuck's that? Limpid. That is a word. Have you just used a word that you're not sure what it means? (laughs) Completely clear and transparent. Do you mean like, what's the word? I know what you're trying to say. Lit. Yeah. There's a word. Someone will tell us. Someone will sort it in. Oh, um, it's often confused with limpet. Is that the word I'm thinking of? Let's no, limpets are the things that attach to rocks that I had to count on the Isle of Wight once for the worst five days of my life. Um, yeah, look, I think, I think, um, I think, I think, bottle it is the right word because I've been trying to think about this performance, right, and like how how we sum it up, how we contextualize it, and of course, there is a there's definitely a perspective to take on this, and I understand it. And I broadly agree with it. I think probably once we look back on this in a, in a year or so's time, that look, we had a great season. Uh, you know, we we came to the end of it. We, you know, as you mentioned, we didn't have the right people in the right place. The knock-on effects mentally. Once you feel like the title's out your way, what what is there to? You know, City have done what thirty games in a row <laughs> or something like that, winning at this point. Like you know, they're they're a ridiculous, unstoppable team we probably watched them in the Champions League that week and just thought what's the point like you know I, I I see all those things and it really doesn't matter in general but the reason I think well it isn't I, I understand that side of the argument of kind of you know let's just put this game aside let's ignore it like you know it's a one-off I understand that but I think the the goal has to be to never have games like that 
Yeah. Like, like it has to be. So we have to, ex- we have to look at the reason that that happened. I appreciate we can put it into a context and we can say, oh, you know, yes, you know, but you know, you, everyone has off games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, no, no, this wasn't an off game from a tactical perspective. Because if you look at the numbers, we had 747 passes to their 168. We had 81% of possession compared to their 18.4. Now, that's not everything. We have more expected goals, more shots, more shots on target, more open play shots, more deep touches, more zone four. We had four. We had 30 zone 14 touches and they had zero. So I don't put this down. I, I know people will look to the, the Partey thing. People will look to... And I said this on the instant reaction. People will look to various things and say, oh, is this, that, and the other, put that away and just put it to bed. I don't think it was that. I think rarely are there games you can put it 100% on mental fatigue and mentality. I think this is one of them. I looked yeah. at a team of players who I was like, you've given up. Yeah. Because like you, you look at... And, and which is unacceptable. Which is unacceptable. Which is, yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, of course you want to be in a situation where you're still chasing, but we're not. You want to be in a situation where, you know, we have our best players around us and we can fight for the title, but we're not. So we have to do the best with what we have in front of us. And I think, as you say, I do think this period of the season we have bottled and it has been unacceptable because there are certain players. You know, I look at Morgan Gibbs-White in that last few minutes and I appreciate they're playing at home and it gives you an extra percentage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The desire that that guy is showing like the 85th minute to go and get the ball back one nil up by the way not chasing the game yeah was exactly what was missing from our team and and you know it yeah. is i appreciate it's a little bit agricultural to just put things down to desire and mentality and i think there are a couple of setup things i want to talk about but if you watch the game the thing that's missing is the application it's the intensity mm-hmm. in the press it's the intensity mm-hmm. in the in the defending it's the intensity in the in the de- desire and application to move the ball forward to progress the ball to take your man on all those things that are ultimately down to fatigue in a team and i think that that feels like the main the main takeaway really and then in terms of the overall picture of this last couple of weeks of the season basically if you look at our form mate like it's, oh, it's atrocious. Mate. It's atrocious. I mean, by the way, we're still above Spurs, which is absolutely hilarious. But hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> still above. I mean, you know, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, it's just so funny that in our in our literally in our worst <laughs> period of the season, they're still below us. Um, I've got it here. In the last eight games, we are lost three, drawn three, one two. Yeah, and it's like. At the start we of the season, we won 17, drew one, lost one. Nine points, right. minus three goal difference, 16 goals against. You know, so I appreciate and we've spoken about all of those things that are that are the problem. That, you know, we understand Saliba's had a massive knock-on effect on the right-hand side. It causes progression issues down the right-hand side. But we have Ben White. Thomas Partey, you know, is not a bum. He's a professional football player who's very good at his job. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he's the perfect guy for the role. Kivior's not a bum. You know, we're not playing kids. These are international footballers who should have performed better than they did. And I think that that is my main concern. It's like the, the, the idea that the moment we, we just went, well, that's it. We just switched off. We were on the beach. That's mm. the concern for me from that. Because I think, and it's, also if you put it in the context of the last couple of seasons as well, 
I appreciate the the thing that we're failing at is almost getting better, if that makes sense. We're, we failed to get into Europe, then we failed to get into the top four, now we failed to get the Champions League, uh, to, to win the title, sorry. Now there's context in all of those, as I, as I talked about. But in all of those, there is an end to a season that is disappointing. And mm-hmm. look, football, there's a lot of disappointment and very little success to be had. And there is success to be taken. But finishing a season well is something we don't do. And that no. concerns me. Especially because, like, even even if you take the title away from this season, if Arsenal had beaten Brighton and beaten Forest and then beaten Wolves, would we be on 87 or 90 points? Um, I don't know. I think we'd have had we're on we'd have had ninety points. I think we'd have had ninety points. That is a successful season, like that is success. Like how many? How there's there's so few teams that have breached ninety points in the Premier League era, like and, and especially in this era that the the Premier League is is at its peak. It's 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 at its most difficult ever, and that's what I find unacceptable. Is that I can understand the disappointment of losing the title. But you have to redefine your idea of success. You don't then just give up. Yeah. You have to look That's at the exactly. season and go, okay, do you know what? We've, 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 um, we've collapsed because of an injury and we've lost the title. Okay. So what do we need to do to then make this end of the season as successful as possible? Because it has a knock-on effect on the rest of your summer. Because if Arsenal win these last three games and exit the season with 90 points and City win the title with 92, you go in to the summer in a much stronger position than just fully capitulating. Because as as much as we might call it soft factors, the optics around this situation is terrible. Like it's awful. And if you're assigning in the summer and you're you're being linked to Arsenal and you might also being linked to Man City or or to a club in Europe and you've just watched this happen, it might change the opinion or, or how you feel about how Arsenal's season has, has gone. And what it does... Because they have... Yeah. I think, I think it lends credence to the idea that this was a hot, hot streak that was always going to yes. end. Yeah. Which I don't, which I don't believe, by the way. No, it's not, <laughs> which it isn't. But the problem is, is... To people like Declan Rice, for example, hasn't watched every single Arsenal game this season. He hasn't. Like he's he's not got the fucking time, has he? Do you know what I mean? And he, just like pundits don't. Like I have a I have a fair amount of sympathy for some pundits who try and do the job the best they can, but they're speaking on so much football that they don't have the time to consume the amount. That's why we need to widen the pool of pundits because then you'll get a more a more educated and and viewed opinion but if you are one of these targets if you're a, a Fresneda who's being linked to Dortmund and being linked to us and have just and is, is watching Dortmund take the title away from Bayern and watching Arsenal capitulate and collapse at the end of the season whilst every pundit around them says we all knew this was happening it was a flash in the pan it, the, it's these kind of soft factors that fuck you in the long run and it is unacceptable that certain professional footballers at this club, have allowed this to happen, have allowed their standards to slip so far that this is what we're seeing. I think there's certain players who who were definitely on the beach, right? 
But, oh, yeah. you know, there's, oh, yeah. f- for, for example, I think Kieran, I think Kieran Tierney's mentally out the door. I think yeah. we, I think we know Granite Jack is mentally he, out yeah. the door. But I think Kieran Tierney came on and somehow was still the worst player on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing. It's Do you like, know what I mean? It's like, how, how can you not be playing for personal pride? Like at, at some point, uh, how you, could you, like... For Kieran Tierney as well, how could you not be play- If you're mentally out the door, how are you not playing for a move? Yeah. Yeah. Because There's if nothing, I'm Eddie like, Howe as much and I'm as I think, that, yeah. and I'm going, oh, okay, so when, when the chips are down, when you're having a tough time, that's, what, that's the performance you put in, is it? That's interesting. Exactly. Because Kieran Tierney is a good player, but he's not good enough that you would see that as a mentality problem and go, oh, we'll sign him anyway. We can work it out of him. I think there's a pretty good argument to say that our worst performing players are all the players who who probably feel like they're going to be replaced or certainly are at risk. Well, yeah. Well, I, I don't think Granite... I think Granite... It's a bit harsh to go in on Granite because I think he's always, especially in the last few seasons, been a, a consummate professional... But it but wasn't his think, best day, and he wasn't. You no, know, he wasn't I, particularly at the races. And what I'm saying is, no. if you look, if you look at all of the players, realistically, I'm looking at the lineup now. I'm looking at Partey, Xhaka, Trossard, Jorginho, yep. Jesus, basically, Tierney. and Tierney. And I'm going all of you. It may well be, you know, I'm not saying they're going to be sold. I'm not saying they're going to be out of the team. They might start. Who knows next season. But all of those guys, there are question marks at least. Do you know what I mean? There's a, there is at least, you can't argue with me, I don't think. <laughs> not, not to sound like no new thing. I, I don't think it's possible to make an argument that, that Leandro Trossard's place in the team isn't guaranteed, right? Would, would that be fair? Oh, yeah. I don't I think, think the it's only possible one that to make can, an argument that, you, that I Jesus think the only one that you can argue, I think it's Jesus, because I don't think we're signing a striker in the summer. Possibly not, but what I'm saying is, Bukayo Saka's not there on the pitch going oh, I might be replacing me in the summer he, he's not going to get replaced Jesus might, might not be replaced he might be moved what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that are there question marks around the, the, the performer and the performance and their place in the team doesn't mean they're going to leave doesn't mean they're going to be dropped I'm just saying question marks around what their role is in this team yeah. and I think there's a fairly decent correlation between those guys and, and it's, it's hard because you understand each of those cases, but at the same time, from a, it, it simply wasn't good. I don't know how you felt just watching the game, mate, but it honestly felt like such a blur to me. I try and look at yeah. games from a from an analytical, analytical and tactical perspective, but it got to a point where I was thinking, right, we're controlling the football, we're knocking it around, the patterns are there, the consistency's there. What's missing? And it, realistically, it was someone to take a risk, someone to put a ball into the box someone to take a shot from distance to change the approach. It felt as though we were on just complete autopilot doing a training session. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. It, it the, felt the, like the, the competition the had been taken out of it. And fire in the belly. The goods and fire in the belly had gone. And uh, I just, and there are, there are certain players, I'm looking at the lineup now, that like, I think Jorginho will be here next season. And I, and I, and I'm 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 not really at odds with that. I don't have a problem with it. The same with Trossard. Like I don't think either of them will be gone in the summer. But it's 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 players like Tierney. I don't think they'll be and, gone. I'm just saying there's question marks around them. Yeah, but I think there's a yeah. decent there's a decent correlation between the players who have question marks and the level of performance. And the level yeah. of performance. But I look at that. I look at Tierney's performance yesterday, and I'm and I'm going like. You've had 
Uh, there's there's massive question marks as well over the fact that we have not rotated at certain points of the season enough to give certain people enough minutes, right? But this is the the crunch time at the end of the season. You've been you've been given the opportunity to come in and and play your last few games for a club that's put you very much on a pedestal, who you have fucked over enough times by playing through pain and getting further injured and and ruining the end of certain seasons by it you've been given the opportunity because of an injury to come in and make an impression and now some 22 year old kid from Poland who's actually a centre-back is taking your spot because you're not applying yourself enough but then but like yeah and this is the thing is it is why I understand it from a mental perspective is it you're 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 getting that lineup through and you're going right okay what is if I'm not playing with Zinchenko but he was in the but he was in the lineup it against he was in the lineup against Brighton. No, no, no. But look, but what I'm I'm talking about this game, and he wasn't good enough against yeah. Brighton. Let's be clear. I'm saying this game, he gets the lineup yeah. through the night before, whenever they get the lineup in the morning of, depending on when Arteta gives it to them. And ultimately, you know, there's a there's a feeling. There must be a feeling from from Tierney's perspective of well, what am I doing here then? And that that has to take a bit out of your. Now I'm not excusing. I'm not saying that that therefore yeah. that's okay. It's not okay. We don't need players like that but I understand it from their perspective. I think um, let's do some stuff on the game because I don't want to spend much of the podcast talking about it because we, to me, it was just a complete capitulation in terms of how we approached it. How we play football. We were on the beach and it was, it was, look, the football was just sort of an amorphous blob that kind of, you know, there's no incision. I felt there was, the the one name we haven't mentioned is Mikel Arteta's and look, we give Arteta a lot of credit. I, I wonder whether he could have got something more out of them. But again, I do feel that there's a, you know, what could he have done for, 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 you know, I don't, I don't know what he could have said that could have G'd a lot of those players who are definitely on the beach up. Um, I, I'm going to the game uh, against Wolves this Sunday. It'll be interesting to see the lineup. I'm, I imagine we might see a lot of changes. Um, and uh, I would, I would genuinely, I would take so many people out of that line. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, the control of the game was fine. It was the approach in the final third that I just, I was screaming for something to change. I wanted a shot from distance. I suppose someone we, we haven't discussed and someone who might've changed the game. Someone I've just done some, some analysis of for, for, for patrons, by the way, patreon.com for the stuff, if not, um, is Smith Rowe. One of Smith Rowe's biggest assets. What is going on? What is, is he going shoots, on? He shoots early. He's one of the only players in our team who, once he gets the ball around the D, he's going to have a shot. And Martin, when Martinelli's not playing, we don't have those players. Trossard isn't that player. Jesus isn't that player. Saka's not that player. They're combiners. And we didn't have that incision. We didn't have that person who's going to take a shot on. And the thing is, when, when you take a shot, it not only, okay, you miss, whatever, or, or you get saved, but it, it puts a bit of doubt in the mind. Every single Nottingham Forest player knew that we were trying to combine, 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 get the cut back, score the goal, happy days, sunny, you know, whatever, move on get the three points. There was no one who, when they picked up the ball, you heard a bit of a ooh or a shoot or, you know, not even a party, not a Xhaka, not, no one was willing to have a shot. And at some point, if I'm Mikel Arteta, I have to say, put the ball into the box. Again, this is, maybe it's a profile thing. We don't have the options of the players in the box, but Jesus's quality um, with his bodies is, is strong. So I would have st- started to do that. Had some shots from distance, try some long balls, try a bit more direct, anything, you know, anything to change the approach because it was just pass, 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 
goes out for a throw. You know, it just and and I just felt the approach was as uh, blobby and amorphous as the as the, as the as the team itself. So you know, we credit Mikel a lot. Um, but I, I felt that was uh, I, I wrote down. Do we do we enjoy control too much? I think something that um, there was an interesting stat that came out uh, this week, uh, and I put it on my at AM on football on Twitter. You can go have a look. It's my third uh, picture on media, and it says, "How does a team's passing style change dependent on the game state?" I don't know if you've seen this, but it's essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. it plots your average passes per game state, or how many times you're going to pass the ball. Uh, City are way at the top, Newcastle are way at the bottom, just stars, etc., etc. And it has three circles, one for winning, one for losing, one for drawing. Now City go way more direct, way more um, incisive when they're, when they're losing and they go way more expansive, less, less um, you know, just knocking it around the back, no problems. They're passing way, way more, killing you with a thousand passes. Arsenal don't change depending on game state. We literally do not do not change our approach. And that's something that I think I want to keep an eye on from Mikel because I, I worry about it. I do think a lot of it is to do with profiles of not having exactly, especially right now with the injuries, not having exactly who he wants, not being able to change things. But I also worry because I think sometimes I don't see enough adaptation to game state. And I think that kind of confirms it. Yeah. Like there's, you can't deny it, can you? Like it's no, it's it's, just, it's there in black and white. Like, it's just a fucking stat. Like, what did you um? What did you think of the goal? I mean, I th- I don't think that's the first time I've seen a ball from Erdegaard in that area going into the middle of the park get cut out. No, it's not. It's happened something. a few times now. Um, I think a lot of it comes from f- from. Uh, putting players in positions that they don't they're not I don't give a fuck that Thomas Partey played right back at Atletico Madrid he's not played right back for a single game for us in three years and I think that we saw that putting and it's like using Trossard as a touchline winger George has said it so many times he's not that player and I think all of these problems and a lot of the problems that we faced yesterday came from having people in zones that they, they don't enjoy being in or they haven't been in for such a long time. I agree with that. Ben but White goal, has been one of the Erdogan best just right gives backs. it away. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And, in the zone but, that he's comfortable but, in. But, yeah, yes, but then if he's surrounded by... It's about positioning as well, isn't it? Like, he, the, the, the positions of players on the pitch might be different. And that's what I'm thinking, like... You think where where's Partey, where's Jorginho and having certain people in certain zones? And I go, if we're not doing these, you know, hybrid experiments because of certain things, maybe it's different. But and, and also it's it is unbelievably lucky. Gabriel basically tackles it onto Awanee. Yeah. And it goes in. But yeah, something those some... those are the moments that you need in football to keep you in the Premier League. Yeah. And those are the and things you need to it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? The, um, and so, something Yankee Gunner said on Twitter, which I completely agree with, is, is it does feel, apart from the Newcastle game recently, we're being punished to the highest possible. It's not an, ex- you know, I'm not. We should have oh, lost. Yeah. That. We should have lost that game. Yeah. We should have lost against Brighton. I'm not saying that, but everything is being punished. Yeah, there's, you know, you go through you go through stretches of luck where, where maybe you over, 
you overperform your expected goals against or you you don't get punished for things you really, really should, a la the Salah penalty that goes wide in Liverpool and a la the Salah and, and other moments in the season where you go, yeah, to be fair, there were a couple, like Leeds, I think it was Leeds away where I feel like we really, it was a dogged performance, but we kind of got away with one. You have those moments, but then it does, yeah, you are right at, or... Yankee Gunner's right at the moment. It feels like everything that can fuck us over is yeah. fucking us over. Yeah, for sure. The, the The only thing I felt we could possibly get was before the goal, their centre-backs were jumping out to try and stop us. And I thought we could get some space in behind. But again, and I, I, I remember tweeting out something like, we might have to score a sort of Wilshire against Norwich type goal where it's just pass, 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 sort of ping, you know, ping pong ball. Or what's that game? Pinball ball, that's it. Pinball ball 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 um but then after that they just completely reset sat in a five it felt like we were allergic to their d like you know and there's don't don't make the joke um the pass selection went the risk taking went and i and i just i'm done talking about this game to be honest but you know it just felt as though there was a load of sunny 3 p.m emirates players on the pitch at that point and i was you know that it felt it felt quite Arsene Wengery that game. It felt sort of late stage, late stage Wenger. As one of my yeah, favorite phrases. Felt, yeah, it just felt like it, 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 it. They were on the beach and it's unacceptable. And they've done a lot for us this season. Like I've got so many happy memories, and it's. I'm, the the main thing that I'm annoyed about is the fact that I've got so many great memories of this season that have been slightly tainted by the idea that now yeah. I'm worried some of these players just. <clears throat> Just yeah, it's just it just puts question marks. Like, it's, it's, it? it's, but, like, but then it shows you with the, with the people that we're targeting. I do look at the likes of Rice, and I look at Mount, and I look at Caicedo, and I look at Gundogan, and all of those One are thing also I will mental say, profiles that you go, okay, yeah, I can, I can see that coming in. And, and it's also difference. it's it's also it also must be really really difficult for certain players. I, I don't think Bukayo Saka has a mentality problem. He missed the penalty at the Euros and then scored something like seven in seven in a row or like some, you know. But one thing that I will give to those certain players who I don't think have mentality problems, it must be really hard to get yourself up for it, knowing that 40% of the people you're having to play with are just already not turning up. That's got to be a mental challenge. For sure. If you're going into a game against a team who are doggedly fighting to stay in that position, to force survival. Survival in the Premier League means so much, like monetarily. This relegation could fuck Leicester so hard financially. Like it could ruin the next 10 to 20 years of that football club. Like it's it's real danger time for certain teams, right? And you know that you're coming up against that with a bunch of dons who don't give a fuck, who are already kind of 50% on the beach in Marbella. You, that must be such a hard thing for you to then get yourself up for because you go, what, like, how am I meant to pick up the slack of all these people? No, I completely agree. I completely agree. And and also when your side of the pitch is the side ultimately that's being affected by the dynamic changes. Um, yeah, it's hard. Look, we'll, as I said, this game is just... It's it's a concern not from a footballing perspective, so I don't think I don't think it's it's worth talking about much for, more from football's perspective, and we should move on. The last thing I will say, I 
I don't like putting I don't like putting stamps on players like this person isn't good enough. I don't like saying, but you know who I'm going to say. I don't like saying this person isn't an Arsenal player, whatever. And I rarely do it. I'm very happy. I'm very happy to be wrong about this. Very happy. Fabio Vieira. Don't see it. Don't see it. I feel like I could close my eyes and point to any player in the U21s at Porto, Sporting or Benfica and find a very similar player. I just don't see it. I don't. What's he special at? Okay, like he's decent in the final third. There's hundreds of players who are decent in the final third. What makes him the guy who's going to thirty-five million, yeah, thirty-five, 35 million, million pounds worth of player to take it, take us forward to <clears throat> to the Champions League and to, to winning Premier League titles? I don't see it. I, I'm if I'm wrong, I I will be buzzing, buzzing. I would love him to come good, love him. There's no this in no way me being like oh fucking Arsenal, you know, Teta's done really. I'm not I'm not interested in doing that. I am interested in finding the best players for Arsenal and I don't think he is it. Yeah. I mean, how many minutes has he played this season? It's, it's, I, I understand that, like, people saying, oh, he hasn't, you know, he's been injured and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, I mean, fine, but hang on, let me look it up because he has played quite a bit. Let me look that up for you. I've got it, I've got it here. Uh, he's played 665 minutes in the Europa League and 500 minutes in the Premier League. So he's played uh, 1,100 minutes, 1,200 minutes. So, okay, 21 appearances. With with I mean? four, uh, two goals, four assists. He's got yeah, 21 I mean, Premier League appearances this season. Yes, but appearances wow. versus minutes. Like, okay, no, divide no, fine. 400, like... If you're playing, it's really, really. If you're playing like fucking five minutes average of time, I, I appreciate that. But tw- he's got 21 appearances, nearly 500 minutes in the Premier League, right? Like, yeah. So four nine eight divided by 21, he's averaging 22 minutes per appearance, right? And he's had some starts, which isn't horrendous. Yeah, he's had a couple of starts. I mean, statistically, he looks great. Look at his look at his FB ref. Statistically, he looks great. I just think it's 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 yeah. I think the problem is as well if certain certain amounts of starts have been with p- playing too high attacking eights. I'd be really interested to see him start in the Premier League instead of Odegaard. Yeah, and see if that makes a difference I, to his level of look, performance. But as I say, I'm interested. I'm open. I'm keen to see it. I'm just not convinced. And I think if you have to unlock a la Paul Pogba, Fabio Vieira with building the team around him, then he's not the right guy. Like, you know, he's not that good. Even, even the best version. isn't the right. Even the best version of Fabio Vieira. What do you mean? But every, 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 you, like every, every team is built around the individuals within that team. Of course. No, but saying that you have to, what yeah. I'm saying is if, Fabio Vieira, like Paul Pogba, is only going to work when he has this profile around him, this profile around him, this profile around him, this profile, and all of these things. And he's got minutes and his legs and he's the best players in the world. Which is the, ultimately, we can't at the we can't think. Okay, we want to be in Champions League finals. We want to be in Premier League, uh, fight with the Premier mm-hmm. League every single season, and also be like, yeah, but you know, there's some players that you know just give them time. City don't do that. Real Madrid don't do that. Bayern don't do that. They say if you're not the working, city. 
City do do that. City, because of the level of finance that they have, City basically allowed Jack Grealish, a hundred million pound Jack Grealish, to have like a write-off season last season where he wasn't at the races but, and he was in and out of the team and being used as a substitute. And then this season has come good. But then, okay. I think it's a bit but, of a fallacy to say big teams don't do this. They do this all the time. Real Madrid did it with Camavinga. They do it, they do it with Chouameni. They do it with all of these players that come in. But there's a they level of performance that those players are putting in in the meantime, that is still good enough. Now, but I disagree yes. with Fabio Vieira. Now, no, 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 yes. but even before when they were finding Jack their Grealish feet. last season wasn't. I, I, Jack Grealish last season in spits and spats was doing good things for Man City, but is, has in, was in no way touching the level that he did at Aston Villa or this season. I think it's unf- I, I don't think it's correct to say that other teams don't allow people to acclimate and acclimatise. That's not what I said. What I, not, that's not what I said. What I said was... If you have to have, if Jack Grealish can only work with this specific left back, this specific centre forward, this specific left eight, then that's a problem. No, but he only works in his, he he plays a specific role. I'm not talking about having specific profiles around him in the same way that Erdegaard plays a specific role. And that's all I'm saying is that I would be interested to see Fabio Vieira get 90 minutes in the Premier League, like start the game in that role with Granit Xhaka next to him, rather than with Martin Erdegaard next to him. Two people who pretty much statistically play the same way and as I said they're they're very similar as I said so would I I'd be interested in seeing that too and I'm as I keep saying I'm open to it I've not shut the door I'm just saying that we I don't think I don't think the best teams in the world and I will stand by this basically go well there's only one way that this person can can be and if unless they're in that specific role they're we can just write off the rest of their performances even when we've seen Fabio Vieira in certain you know in in the Europa League he has been in that role. I appreciate it's not in the Premier League. Yeah. I appreciate it's not, you know, in the, with the full team, whatever. We have seen him and he's not changed the world. So I'm, I'm not saying yeah. I, I'd be interested in seeing him in the, in the Odegaard role in, in the Premier League. And I take your point. But realistically, if he's not showing it, if he's not, oh my God, this guy has to play in the Prem, which by the way, he isn't, then I mm-hmm. have concerns. And then if we see him do that, plays the 90 minutes, I think the the, the next th- and, and plays in the Premier League over Odegaard and has a stinker, Everyone goes, oh, he just needs a run of games. Then he has a run of games and he's not... Do you know what I mean? We just... We can't oh, no, keep, no, no, no. We I can't get you. keep I get you. changing the goalposts to allow this guy to No, to no, flourish. no. No, I'm not. I'm not changing the goalposts. I just think as well, we can't then say he's played in the Premier League and not set the world alight. And then when we're playing Rob Holding in the, in, in the, in the Europa League... And then at the end of the league season saying that Rob Holding is a massive problem to the way that we build up and get the ball through midfield and, and, and up into the, up to the top of the, t- the, the top of the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's lots of things that we've said about the reason that we've been bad come the end of the season that would have hampered our play in the Europa League in the group stages and in other moments. So like, I, as I say, I'm, inter- no, no. I'm interested in seeing with the Prem. I just, I think, I think basically, and I think there's, va- there's valid, there's valid um, mitigating circumstances with Fabio Vieira, which you've brought up. But I think at the beginning of the season, we had a long, long list of when's Fabio Vieira going to deliver. And I think we're getting down to the bottom of the list of mitigating circumstances. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. So I agree. like, it's not, you know, we it, it, it's like he has a couple of minutes in the prem. Well, we've barely seen him. Okay. He's had 500 minutes in the prem. Okay. Well, we we just keep going down the list. And I'm like, I appreciate we've not got to the bottom of the list. There are things that we haven't seen. I agree. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe 
and I will stand by this, I don't believe the people that we want to um, compete with generally, generally allow to, you to get to the bottom of that list. I don't, I don't think they do. I think they, they pull the trigger sooner. Uh, anyway, I'll, uh, I'll get my, I hate Fabio Vieira tattoo. Uh, yeah, do it. I shall. Well, we're not getting different knock tattoos, which is a disaster, really. Should have done Especially it. Especially for George. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see you. After this. Oh, we didn't do a word of the game. Capitulation. Yeah. What's your word of the game? Yeah. That. That. Just that. Brad's word of the Shock. game is that. News and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Thank you to those of you who are in the Diff Knock members club. Join at patreon.com forward slash diffknock and get access to the exclusive Discord server. Ad-free versions of all of our content, including main and bonus podcasts, instant reactions, the rewatch, and bonus video content. All of that content, Brad, for just £3 a month and for one-time support. It's a buy me coffee. So forward slash diffknock, where you can... Buy me a coffee, please. I'm depressed. The links are in the show description. We will talk about the David Ornstein bomber. Bomber, of course. The, the Orny bomber. But I want to start with uh, Fabio Vieira. No, I want to start with <laughs> Follerin Balogun. 20 goals in the uh, in Liga this season. I don't think you can divorce the Balogun conversation from a wider conversation about the forward group and strikers and stuff. So it may lead, lead to that. Where do you sit with that? What's your, what's your viewpoint on what we, what we do with Balogun? Uh, sell him, insert a buyback. Thanks. I, I think it's very book. clear. <laughs> I like, I don't, I don't, I think it's, I think it's really cut and dry because the problem is, is Lacazette has scored 25 goals in Liga. Like players who have not, who who were unable to get post five Premier League goals in in a full season, playing thousands of minutes, have managed to put up twenty five goals in that league. I'm not saying it's a shit league. I'm not saying anything to do with the quality. Certain profiles profile better in certain leagues because of like it's like there's always lots of space in behind in Germany. They play high lines. Like it's just part of the culture of that league and system. So certain types of profiles like Timo Werner are absolutely elite and excel out there, but they struggle in the Premier League. Like it, it's just part and parcel of it. Um, and I think that we have seen it before where players have gone, had good loan spells, and we've thought, oh, they could really do a job for Arsenal. They've come back in and they've not been able to do anything. Um, if we sold him, we'd get probably between 35 and 40 million pounds this summer because of where the the striker market is this year and you insert a buyback at say 60, 70. And if he goes to a Milan and lights it up and is the second coming of Christ, there's no problem in spending an extra 20 to 30 million to get him back in a summer where we're planning to buy a centre forward. But if you keep him around, because I don't think he would start over Jesus, you kill his value. You depreciate that value to, uh, you know, to to half, if not a third of what it was. You end up, instead of selling him for, you know, 40, you sell him for 15 to someone like, to someone like Rem, or however you say it, because everyone pronounces it differently. Rem. 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 Yeah, the... Uh, uh, 
So I've just been asked if I want a Coke Zero. And I do. Thanks, Andy. Do you, um, yeah. <laughs> hello, Andy. <laughs> Brad says hello. Um, um, Tell him, get, get his gorgeous face on here right now. Come Bradley on. recording a podcast, for goodness sake. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think firstly, let, let's say this. It's a good problem to have. Um, yeah, of course. It's, a, it's something that is going to cause conversations. And you ready? Or... Wait, are you still on holiday? Oh, best sound in the world. I'm, I'm in Rome, darling. You're still in Rome? I'm going to see Roma Salad. What, what were they called? Salernitana. That's the one. Roma Salernitana in about an hour. Um, yeah, it's a good problem Ooh. to have. And uh, it's, a, it's something that is going to cause a lot of conversations. And I think it's important to remember that while we're having those conversations and possibly having quite strong opinions on them, this is a problem of a big club. So that's a good thing. We've got a striker yeah. coming in who is killing it in Liga, and we have a decision to make. I think we have a slightly, I don't know, I'm sure there's some kind of fancy phrase for this, but I'll put it in perhaps more verbose terms. I feel like when you haven't had nice things for, for a while, you start to overvalue nice things when you've got loads of them. And you can start to be like, no, but I, I want six Ferraris. And it's like, yeah, it's because you never had a Ferrari. It's like you you you, you kind of over, you, you get too much of it. And you don't need it. So I think there's a bit of that with Balogun. And I think if, if City had this problem, they'd be like, well, we've got Haaland. So obviously sell him. Um, we don't have a Haaland. So that's where the questions come in. I think in terms of the profile, it's not quite right. He slightly drifts to the left, uh, which is very similar to what Jesus does. And ultimately, I think Jesus is a better option. Um, he's not a massive box presence height-wise, which I think we, if we're going to add something, I think we need to add as a different option to go more direct. Uh, that's my opinion on the profile that we need to add to the forward group. And as you say, I think it's a it's a case of add a buyback, add a, add a sell-on clause, add a first refusal, however you want to do it. Um, and also, you can use them as a make-weight in, in negotiations. You know, there's, there, there's got to be clubs that we're talking to who might be interested in Balogun. And, you know, I'm sure there's there's lots of clubs that are interested. And, and I said this on the, the Canon podcast. There's two clubs that were in a Champions League semi-final with Olivier Giroud and Edin Dzeko <laughs> as their, their centre-forward options. There must be something there we can do with Balogun. So I think there'll be a lot oh, of suitors. Yeah. I think we can get some really good money for him. And I think the people that want him... I understand, but I think it's more the idea of having a kid who comes through our academy and is our kind of Harry Kane. If you look at the group that we have, what we need, in my opinion, is a proper lead the line, pin the centre back, box presence, channel runner, centre forward, which Balogun is a yeah. bit of that, but he's not exactly that. And I think we're now dealing with no. maybe a couple of years ago, he would have he would have been enough sort of 60, 70% of, he's of what in, we needed. But he's now, we're now looking at 90, 95, 50% percentile profiles and, we, and he isn't that. Yeah. He's in the bottom 3% of players for Aerials 1. Like, yeah, he's, that's, he's, that's a bit... He's basically Inketia. He's a better, in my opinion, he's a better version of Inketia. That, that's what I think he is. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that if, if you think about Arsenal's future in, in windows, this window is about sorting the midfield out for the next 10 to 15 years or however long we two years probably probably (laughs) in football no but as in no but like uh, if you if you sign Declan Rice and Caicedo that's sorting your midfield for like 10 years that's that's 
that's really formative. And okay, you might end up selling those players to big giants and you, you don't, don't know what the future works, holds. But, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. No. But like, if you look at it in, in, the, in the sense of windows, it seems like this window is about sorting out the midfield, bolstering maybe some more defenders so we don't have to go through this fucking Rob Holding situation again <laughs> and maybe adding some cover for Saka. And then the summer after is probably, I think, when we'll we'll see a big push towards a, a number nine. Because the market at the moment, and it's one of the reasons why you sell Ballerin this summer. Who? Ballerin? Balogun. <laughs> it's because I read the I've read the fucking last half of his first name. <laughs> it's up on FB Rare. Ballerin Folligan. You sell him this summer. Yep. Ballerin Folligan. You sell him this summer because there's so little options. Mm. So you'll get peak value. Yep. That's that's what we need to be smarter with. That's why Liverpool have always been really smart sellers. They've always sold players in positions when the market has been at a high for them. Yeah. When when they're sought after. Coutinho, good sake. Yeah, um, fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, who's on the striker market this summer? I suppose it depends what happens with Spalletti, uh, Napoli, what happens with Osman, possibly Vlaovic. Beyond that, in terms of elite or elite... Um, Elite but Vlaovic isn't even Vlaovic isn't even elite. You're you're talking about elite potential. Probably spending, yeah. But even then, like he might not have elite potential. He just might be a, an all right striker. Like if you look at his numbers, he was overperforming at Fiorentina and has not performed very well in two years or a year and a half at Juventus. Um, Hoyland, you know, possibly. you're talking about there's a, there's a, there's a handful. You know, yeah. there's not that many. Hoyland, Atlant, that, that's a, that's a player with a single season's worth of yeah. top five league football. I mean, same and same with he's only scored. Though. Yeah, but he, he, I mean, Hoyland has only scored eight goals. Yeah, I think like I think there's there's not he, every striker that you would go for is in a contractual situation where it would cost a lot of money to get them this summer, or you'd be going for projects that you'd be, again, spending a lot of money on that really might not work out. Yeah, I think it's, uh, we're looking for a record sale, surely. And I think Balogun can, can be one of the one of the options. We, of course, had the David Onstein bomba about uh, Ilko Gundogan and fresh attempts to get Rice and Mount. That's a lot of midfield talent. A lot of midfield talent. And if we look at our kind of midfield group next season, let's say, as always, I try and look at them in groups. It's more probably a question of who who's remaining from this season. I feel Jacka will... Well, I'm almost certain Jacka will go. Yeah. It's pretty um, much confirmed now, isn't it? Yeah. it's. I don't think we'll see Elneny play... Um, much football, if at all, and his contracts obviously. No, I don't, he won't. He won't be registered. I think there was a. We spoke about this at the time, but there was a reason that it said on the announcement that he'd signed a new deal rather than triggered an extension. Right. And it's it's because there's probably no there's there's going to be no real um, attempt to play him. It was just a question of being like like good human beings and allowing him to rehab so he can finish his career. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just kicking him to the curb. Yeah, I imagine he'll probably probably go somewhere in January, or he might just immediately. I, I I've said a few times he might become well, like our Tom Huddleston, who plays for United's U twenty ones, um, like the sort of older player who plays in there and and sort of almost like captains that side. Jorginho, I wouldn't be surprised if he went. So there's a lot of midfield talent there that is that is heading off, and then we're basically left with Partey, Erdegaard, and Vieira. <laughs> so to to be signing three. And Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe is more of a midfield. Yeah. Um, so we're you know we're looking at three players, I, and I'm, I don't think we get all three. And again, going after targets doesn't mean you actually actually pull the trigger. 
So let's let's look at them individually. I think Rice has been discussed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. I love him. I'm sure you love him. I think the more interesting conversation is Gundogan. 32. But we can still see what he can do. That rhymed. He clearly is a very big character in that Man City dressing room. I think Arteta knows that. And I think as we're, you know, we can't sit here for the first half hour of the podcast complaining that we've got players who are on the beach and then not try and add uh, the character, the likes of Declan Rice with, with that. Um, you know, and if, if Gundogan came in on a two-year deal, I, I, I would not hate it at all. I just, I don't think I have any worries from a, from a football perspective. I think it's a, it would be an amazing thing to get done. My question is, why would he come to Arsenal? <laughs> I don't get that at all. Because all that is, is being a guaranteed starter, which by the way, he already basically is at City, or certainly is close. And I don't think he, I don't know if he would be at Arsenal, depending on who we signed. Well, it depends who goes, but but if we if we if we sign Rice, if we're signing Gundogan, he's he's starting. He's he's certainly getting oh, in the team. Oh no, he, I think he gets it. He gets in the team, but he's not he's not guaranteed starting in the same way that Erdegaard is. Mm. Mm. Because you look if you look at who, like it depends who we sign, obviously. But if we say, for example, we sign Rice and him, who? What's the point of chucking ninety two million pounds on Declan Rice if you're not going to play him? You're not going to drop Erdegaard for Gundogan, and Erdegaard isn't, and Gundogan isn't a six. He can be. So at times, uh, but it, but he's not. Well, he literally has played six for 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 City, but I he's more of an eight. But he's but you know, I think I think he can play there. I'm looking at his numbers. Like he's been benched six times across the Prem season. He's played ninety minutes most weeks and been subbed a few times. There's a few games here and there where he's he's come off. He's played every minute in uh, the Champions League. I, I, I don't under, I, I just don't understand it from his perspective if he's if he's coming to I mean great I'd love it but then I'm like what's is he looking for a better deal I don't think we'd offer him more money than than city I don't see it happening from that perspective because I just think what what is what's he gonna gain he's going to Barcelona yeah sure like that's I guarantee you he's going to Barcelona we'll see him at a Barcelona shirt in about two weeks I'm sure Arteta will try and convince right. him but I just you know and I, I love the idea and I love the the possible you know ramifications of the deal and i think it's a it's a it's a it, i love that we're going for it because i think it's it could strengthen us ultimately and if we added rice gundawan and mount i think we'd only had two of the three but let's say we had it added a rice and a gundawan i think that's an unbelievable window and an unbelievable addition to our midfield and if only Xhaka went oh my god we've upgraded so much in that area but as i say i just find it bizarre so i think it's more likely we get rice and mount friends um and I suppose... Or Rice and Caicedo. Possibly, yep, yep. Obviously, there's interest in Caicedo. I wanted to come to Caicedo in just a second. I like Mount. I really like Mount. I think he's a he's a good player. I think he's a really good pickup for someone this summer, considering what's going on at Chelsea. Um, I, think he'll want, I think he'll want the move. I think he'll be interested. I think there's a huge talent there. And actually, from a we think of Mount as someone, you know, a bit more of a sort of left, left-wingery goal scorer. But if, I think if you stick him in the eight, he can be a real shuttler. He can defend from the front. He's he's intense. He presses hard. Uh, and his ball striking, I think he can do a lot of what Xhaka does and add a lot more in the final third. 
Um, I really like it as an idea. Um, I'm not as keen because I think if you... Uh, Mount's not a particularly creative passer. Um, he's more of the pass before the pass. And I know we have very, a lot of creation in, in Erdegaard. Um, I, I don't think he's been that good for a while for Chelsea. You know, there's, but there's obviously been problems at that club, so it's really difficult to judge a player's actual ability when they're in just a hellscape environment. Um, it's not that I'd be disappointed. I don't think, like, I don't think he's a terrible player. It's just I don't think he would be first on my list. Um, but he's obviously talented. Like, he's obviously a good footballer and not somebody to turn your nose up at. He's won the Champions League with Chelsea. Like, he is, he is a good player. But um, just, I, I'm not a big fan of the profile. I'm not a big fan. I, I don't think he would be high, high on my list of players. I also think you'd have to pay him a lot of money because of the situation that he's coming in at. And then it becomes a question of, do you break the wage budget in that case? You know, because he's on like something ridiculous at Chelsea. So... What is wages at Chelsea? It, something like, it's post 100, I think it's 100 and something, 150 maybe? Let's have a look. Okay, yeah. So he'd want. What's that? He's on uh, spot rack. I mean, saying he's on. Oh, eighty k. Oh, that's not too bad. Spot sp- salary sports that, is on eighty k. Or eighty eight. That can't be right. Surely not. He was offered two hundred thousand. Exactly. That's the thing. Okay. 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 So he's, yeah, been so he's offered, demanding two hundred fifty yeah. from Chelsea. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, to leave and come to Arsenal, what's he going to demand? Mm. That's like our top earner. Maybe That's like two, our top earner. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe 200, 180. And this, and it was the same conversation, you know, we were speaking about Akanji on the last episode. Um, Akanji's on £180,000 a week. So, like, it's all well and good picking up these players for 15 mil, but if you're willing to pay them that to. Uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy money, which it is it's a situation we and that's why City can allow a Jack Grealish to have a season of acclamation with a hundred million pound signing because they can pick up these other signings and pay them ridiculous wages and have it not affect them at all. Um, I I yeah, profile wise, I'm not a massive fan. I'll admit, I don't think he's perfect. I don't think he's exactly what we need. Um, and I would prefer to go for somebody like a Caicedo, who I know will come on to later. Rice is the important one. I also don't see Jorginho leaving this summer. I think that's a next summer thing. I think we'll just let him go on a free. I think we'll only sign. I think we'll sign two midfielders this year. Um, I think the Gundogan news. I think Orny is one to be wary of because he is very much, you know, connected to Arsenal. He's an Arsenal. No, no, no. Puppet. But is he like? Look at the moves that we've done recently. They've very much come out last minute out of nowhere. We've we've been we've got we've gotten very good at times at, at doing deals under the radar. So I wouldn't be surprised if more of that was to come. And there's a lot of journalism nowadays that's very much putting dots together without full confirmation or information. So like there's no there's no guarantee that this that this Gundogan news is even accurate. Well, and I, 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 again, I, you know, we've had, we've had, you know, p- talks can happen. People can have a conversation yeah. with a player, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, it, it can just be that we're. And also, on- agents are very, very good at their job. And if he's negotiating with Barcelona at the mm-hmm. moment and wants more money, 
his agent could very easily have just gone to David Ornstein. Oh yeah, we've been chatting to Arsenal as well, and that's a possible destination for true. Ilkay this summer. That's no, very true. Do you know what I mean? There's there's so much around that, and I yeah, I don't see Gundogan happening. I don't I don't think I see Mount happening really. I think if we're going to sign two, it'll it'll be Rice and and possibly Caicedo. On Caicedo, I have a theory. Having seen him play at again right back in inverted commas is not a right back but right back out of possession I wonder whether Mikel wants the option to invert on both sides and I wonder whether Caicedo and Zinchenko are our inverters uh, who sit in left back and right back and I wonder whether White and Kivior or White and Tomiassi depending on what you want are our centre-backy full-backs who will come in on the other yeah. side that's a theory I have Maybe. about Caicedo. I really think if we get Caicedo in, I think he will play some minutes, of, uh, uh, again, right back. At full back. I think he'll get, uh, yeah. get some minutes of full back because then you can imagine a 3-2, let's say a 3-2 with Kivior, Gabriel, Saliba, and then you'd have, let's say, a Caicedo and a Rice in the two, and then the five five lanes forward, um, you know, or maybe Caicedo and Partey and then Rice further forward, you know, depending on what you want. Or you, could, yeah. or you could flip it round and you could have White, uh, S- uh, Gabriel and Saliba. Uh, well, sorry, White, Saliba, Gabriel in that order. And then you have Zinchenko coming in and um, Partey or whatever yeah. coming on the side. So I, 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 that's my theory about Caicedo. That's also why I see it more likely to happen because I think he can do that and has played that role. And tactically, he can also play be, six. Yeah. Yeah. He can play six for us. He could play eight for us. I think he's very tactically versatile. And when you're talking about the sums that people have been talking about, there's also apparently something in his contract or an agreement or something similar with McAllister that because he stayed and he signed that mm. new deal, it's to do with like being able to leave yeah. this I'm summer. Sure, I'm sure he'll go for, somewhere. For ex, for, yeah. For, but for like acceptable money, yeah. for like yeah. not for the 80, 90s yeah. that they were asking for in January. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and when you are looking at somebody who is so versatile, it, it would definitely be an addition to, to the squad. I just can't imagine that Mikel only ever wants to invert on the left-hand side. And I think the thing is, it's like, where do you want... But it's basically the question of, where do you want that against a certain, you know... Do, do, well, yeah. do you believe that their right-hand side dynamics better suit someone progressing through that? Do you believe their left, left-hand mm-hmm. side dynamics believe some uh, are better for having a, a more of a DM side there? You know, what do you... It's basically just... What do you believe is is best in that game state? And also, yep. Zinchenko can't play every single game, and when and we can't just completely change the way we play when Zinchenko isn't there. And I don't think you're going to find necessarily someone at Zinchenko's level unless you go get a Sandra Martinez. And I don't think we're going to get two lefty inverters. I believe we'd get a lefty inverter and a righty inverter. Yeah, and I don't think White's that guy. I think White's done very well at right back and and very well at centre back and can do both of those jobs. But I don't think he's the inverted option. I, I don't think he's comfortable enough on the ball in those in in around players. I think when he's behind when he's behind play, I think he's fine. Let's do some questions. We have got a question from not David Ornstein. He's not asked me a question. <laughs> We've just got a question from T underscore overdose who just says Declan Rice <laughs> answered. Um, Sign him. The David. Nyende says, how about we give games a rest till next season? Talk about player boots and shirt sizes instead. Which brings me on to the new kits. Thoughts? No. <laughs> no. The home kit's nice. The the third kit's nice. What We have gone from having like the nicest away kit I can remember in my lifetime to that 
neon monstrosity of a kit. <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly, how have Adidas fucked us this badly? That is such a bad kit. I don't hate it. Oh, it's it's atrocious, Alex. Okay. I don't hate it. I really, I really don't hate it at all. We've had a, <laughs> I put something in our Discord and Rob Hart said... Maybe they're, tr- maybe, maybe they're trying to improve uh, the past completion numbers by sticking us in fucking neon road signs <laughs> or something stupid. <laughs> Stop Partey from giving the fucking ball away about 25 times a game, the silly bastard. I said, is there anything you'd like to discuss? And Rob Hart said, no, but a hug would be appreciated at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate Rob I'd give you a hug I'll give you a I'll hug I'll give no you a hug mate um, Callum Sav says that black kit was really something only good thing about the game to be honest other than White who actually played class as per usual yeah Ben White's fucking great mate I'm going to miss that black kit big time yeah All right, can we just can we just keep it next season please or the pink we only played I've got the pink kit on as we speak there's, I know there's only, we only play, played twice. it twice twice yeah the last time we played in it was August. Why don't they, they, Do you know what? Nice it would idea. be a really lovely, smart, green initiative for them to say, okay, next season we're going to use the pink kit as our away kit. Um, that way fans don't have to spend all the money again and also we don't have to spend, you know, it's saving the planet and all that shit. Brentford did it, I think. Was it this season or last season? They kept the same home kit two years in a row. Yeah. The, the problem is, Brad... Um... It's a little something called capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> they can make some fucking money out of us, so that is not going to happen. No, they're not going to make any money out of that fucking neon vomit someone, flavored shirt. Someone will get it, just to be edgy. Just one person. Yeah. They're going to make sixty pounds <laughs> off of it, and that's it. <laughs> Plus postage and packing. Um, I've got to go to this game, so we've just got time. Yeah, fuck off for a little bit of Arsenal trivia. Little Mr. Rome over there, you bastard. Roaming around. Last theme was... Away days. And I asked you to say the number that is Arsenal's record for consecutive away league games without defeat between the 5th of April 2003 and the 25th of September 2004. Arsenal hold the record for consecutive away league games without defeat between 5th of April 2003 and 25th of September 2004. What is that number? 26. Ooh! 27. Fuck! So close. So close. So close. Very good, though. Very good. And the theme for this week was sleeve sponsors. And I'm asking you, there is one Premier League club without a sleeve sponsor in the Premier League this season. Who is that club? There is a single club who do not have a sleeve sponsor at the Premier League this season. Who is that club? And a theme for next week, please, Scramley Rapples. Arsenal games against Roma. We're going to go topical seeing as you're out there. Arsenal games against Roma. I can't remember any. Have we played any games against Roma? Oh, fuck knows, mate. Probably at some point. Oh, yes, we have. A Thierry Henry masterclass, apparently. 2003. As always. Oh. Um, well, there you go. We got through it. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that was therapeutic. It was quite therapeutic for me, actually. I mean, realistically, everyone's right. heads at this point is just in the transfer window, aren't they? I'm, I'm really interested about this Sunday and how... Oh, it's going to be a big summer. It's going to be a big summer, boys. 
the vibe's going to be weird. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a bit dead, you know? Probably. I'm, I was a bit disappointed, especially against Brighton, to see the stadium empty. Like, I know it's over, but also, like, it's a home game. And it was only 2-0. Like, I, I appreciate we, we weren't playing particularly well, but, you know, we've seen comebacks from, from that position before this season. So, I, I don't know, I was a little bit disappointed. I don't want to tell fans mm. how to fan. It's not fair, but like I, I do, I do. I don't want to tell you how to fan, but fan. But, F- do but this. fan better. Bradley, pleasure as always. Pleasure as always, sweetheart. Go get yourself to the fucking game. Felt, I'm very jealous. Like a return to original diff knock today with us having a, an argument about Fabio Vieira. Just sell it. Let's do it. Get okay, rid. let's do this. New, new, uh, different knock tattoo. Bingo. If Fabio Vieira gets over 20 goals and assists next season, I will get a Fabio Vieira tattoo. Uh, Is that in all competitions? All comps. comps. (sighs) That's risky business, bruv. He got three, Brad. He got how many this season? In all comps? No, he got... No, he got... He he didn't get three in all comps. He got three in the Premier League. He got six. He got six in all comps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 25 all comps 25 all get comps you're tattoo. hoping we get knocked out of some cups early because that if that Don comes up against Barnsley big time and gets like a fucking at-trick you're going to be fuming pleasure as always Bradley thanks listeners for listening we appreciate you so much uh, plenty of bonus content over on the Patreon sign up to that uh, follow us on Twitter at Bradley underscore Adams and at AM on Football. Follow us on Twitter for the different knock at Diff Knock. Uh, clean your teeth. All that good do shit. Your homework. Lots of love. Thanks for listening. Keep it. Don't take knock. drugs. And we'll see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock and Arsenal podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support The Different Knock, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. We're on all social media at DiffKnock. Thanks. Podcast Network.